Summer Owens, and I'm coming to you again with another edition of So What Success Stories. And today, I have the honor and the privilege of having my twin sister. Well, no, she's not really my twin. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, my friend um, of well, over 20 years now. These years are going by really, really fast. Uh, Dr. Christina Rosenthal. And um, she is a dentist and so much more. So Christina, take it away. I'd like you to introduce yourself. Hello, thank you for having me, Summer. Um, as Summer mentioned, I am a dentist, but I'm a native Memphian. And people who are from Memphis know that we are serious about where we come from. Uh, I, I grew up in North Memphis, actually. Went to Northside High School, went on to the University of Memphis. From there, I went to the University of Tennessee College of Dentistry. And then later in my career, got a degree from Harvard University. My husband and I have three boys, 20, 14, and eight. It feels so weird saying that. I um, know, I have a 26-year-old, so yeah, child. Yes. So I have that, that uh, pleasure of balancing entrepreneurship and being a mommy, which you could relate to, Summer. Yes, ma'am. And so talk just a little bit about uh, DDS. Oh, yeah, and I have a nonprofit. Uh, it's called the 516 Foundation, which is coined from my favorite Bible verse, uh, Matthew 5.16, which says to let your light so shine that others will see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. Uh, but the primary initiative of that foundation is the Determined to be a Doctor Someday program. And as I alluded to earlier, I'm from North Memphis Summer. There were no doctors, there were no dentists growing up on Barrett Place. And so during a tough season in my life, I became a participant in a program with the American Dental Association and I was charged to create a project that will benefit my community. And that's when DDS was born. I thought about all those kids, you know, who grew up in Barrett, North Memphis and Klondike in New Chicago. Um, and they just needed to see something different, you know, something to create to let them know that their environments do not have to define them. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. I still remember the day. And I talk about this often, the day you told me you were going to be a dentist, because even as a college <laughs> student, and I'm from, I'm from Jackson, I'm not from Memphis, but still, I couldn't have told you any Black women or even Black men who were dentists or doctors. Um, but I remember the day when we were in college, and it probably was in like 1998, when you said you were going to be a dentist. And I was like, oh, that's cute. I remember thinking, <laughs> that, like, oh, okay, yeah, right, you be a dentist. <laughs> I honestly mm -hmm. was thinking that. And then, of course, you became a dentist, um, but you're not just a dentist. And I love how you are using your dentistry as your ministry and yes. really blessing and changing the lives and outcomes for not just kids, but their entire families and generations. And it's just been beautiful to, to watch you be a part of that. Oh, thank um, and you. Then also, you know, we go all the way back and you have always been very encouraging and supportive of me. And I still remember, I never will forget, and actually this. Yeah. Is when I got Miss when I was named Miss University of Memphis. This came from you. I know you initiated this, and it came from from your chapter. Um, but I know you initiated, and I still have it right that here. That is so sweet. Right here. I, I didn't. It just occurred to me as I was saying that. But that wow. was really meaningful and special to me. And there have been other things over the years that you have done that just shows your support. And so, this is a good person. This is a really, really, Aww, really amazing person. Um really amazing person she's super smart but she has super heart so let's get into <laughs> I like it that. <laughs> i love it look that just came to me too girl. <laughs> it's good 
It is so good. And she has an incredible story too. Christina, you have an incredible story um, that fits right in with everything that So What is about. So let's jump into it. So I have what I call the So What Success Formula. And you have lived So What Success Formula without even knowing what, what it is. It's overcoming obstacles, eliminating excuses, and calculating choices to achieve so what success and that's success in spite of any challenges that you face and you definitely are a testament of that um you definitely have proven she was so what woman and so i'm just going to ask you five questions and okay. um, just, just give us your story just tell us your okay. story so my first question is how have you overcome well first of all what are some of the obstacles that you've overcome and how have you overcome those obstacles in your life um, so, you know, part of the human experience is overcoming. And I've always believed that we never go through th things for ourselves. And when I was growing up, I wasn't raised in a very traditional family. Uh, my mom suffered from mental illness and um, addiction. I did not know who my father was. I knew his name, but I hadn't quite met him yet. <laughs> um, so I was raised by godparents. Um, by aunts, uncles, church family, uh, everybody. It really did take a village to raise me. So that was obstacle number one, the beginning. Uh, and then as I progressed through my studies, I never went to a school that was considered to be one of standard. Aside from, well, I'll take that back because Stafford Elementary, although it was in South Memphis and I would catch the bus from North Memphis to South Memphis to go there, was still an excellent school. And we had amazing uh, teachers and a principal. I went to Snowden, but after Snowden, I ended up going to East High School due to transportation problems and finances. I had to transfer to my local school of Northside, and Northside was not a school where you were given uh, Harvard opportunities. You know, it was like if you went to University of Memphis, you made it. And so, um, just environmental influences were were a big obstacle that I had to overcome because what do you do when you're sitting around and nobody wants to do anything or nobody wants to do more than what they have and they want to continue these generational cycles of poverty but inside of you you know there's something greater and that there's something else out there that you want to, to experience so that was obstacle two and then obstacle three would be my senior in college I just pledged Delta summer I think my line sisters voted me president of our line of the chapter, girl. We running to y'all. I know you would think differently. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to let you have that. I'll let you have that. Delta's <laughs> were running it at that time. And I got pregnant. And so this was also a critical time in my life because this was the time I was thinking about going to dental school. And at that time, I had not applied to any dental schools. I hadn't taken the hardest course it, I had to take, which was organic chemistry. So here I am, nine months pregnant, had my oldest son on Saturday. I'm back in summer school class on Tuesday. Ended up with the B out of organic chemistry, which yes, I was quite proud of. And because I had this baby now, I only applied to one school because again, I knew it took a village for me and I needed a village for my son to matriculate through my dental school program. And as fate would have it, as God would have it, I got accepted into that one school that I applied to. And I was in one of the first round of applicants um, that got accepted. And going through dental school, dental school is not like, you know, um, elementary. It's tough. It's challenging. We lost classmates due to the rigidity of the program. And I had a toddler, and you can relate to that, going through undergraduate with your son being a toddler. It is challenging when you're balancing trying to be a good student and raise a child. And having that mommy guilt of, am I being all that I need to be? Absolutely. Provide for his future. And so uh, I graduated dental school, praise God. <laughs> 
And then I opened my practice one year out of dental school. So that's an obstacle. I hadn't owned a business before. I just had dental skills. No one in my family, other than my godfather, who's a truck driver, and he was an independent contractor with his company. So I had a taste of entrepreneurship through seeing him, but I didn't have those basic skill sets. So whenever you embark upon opening a business, that's a challenge in itself because you'll get so many unknown variables to hit you no matter how, how much you plan. Um, so do you want me to continue? Because girl, my life is overcoming. <laughs> girl, I love it. I love it. I mean, and that's what people need to hear. That's what people need to hear. Thank you so much for sharing that about overcoming obstacles, because a lot of times we think we have it so bad. I think we think we have it so tough. Uh, but then when you start, you hear your story and you stuff piled and piled and piled, obstacle, another obstacle, another obstacle, another obstacle, but you're able to go through and be successful. And of course, I didn't know any of those things about you uh, <laughs> uh, when uh, back when we first met. And, um, and of course, you experienced some new things since then. But um, it's been awesome and amazing to watch you not only overcome those obstacles and, and not only, you know, create your, um, your, your foundation and continue to give back to you. Those things are great. But on top of it, you're just always so positive. You're always so positive. You would never even know that you've had obstacles because you're just um, a just amazingly positive person and that that gives light and life to other people too. So, all right, so let me go to the next question. So the first part of the So What Success formula is overcoming obstacles. Next mm -hmm. is about eliminating excuses. And you definitely just spoke on some excuses that you could have used. It was like, okay, I understand why she didn't make it. I understand why she didn't do much in her life, but you had to eliminate those excuses and many more. Talk to me about how you eliminate excuses from your life so you could be successful. There are just some things that are a part of you and you don't know how you acquired that or that mindset, but you just know it to be true. And I've always carried this philosophy of if somebody else has done that and I am a human and they are a human, it's possible for me. So I think just even this, even as a kid, right? So if I'm in, in third grade and I see the girl making straight A's and I made a B, I have to eliminate excuses because I recognize at the end of the day, if she is a girl, if she's a human and she made straight A's, I can do that too. And so, Summer, I promise you that philosophy, just knowing that if it's been done, then it's possible. And that's what I try and show the students of determined to be a doctor someday. I don't care what is going on in your life. As you mentioned, there are always people who are having a much, much harder time. If you would just get out of your own head and push forward, if you want it, you really can get it. And I believe that with every every fabric of my being. I'm with you. I have the exact same mindset that if somebody else has done it, and a lot, a lot of times I'll even take it a step further, and maybe you do too, and I'll examine their circumstances and their situation. And I'm like, okay, if they can do it under those circumstances, which sometimes are, are better than mine, sometimes they're not better than mine or apparently you know we don't ever know fully what people's right. stories and situations are but based on what it looks like it's like well i have maybe i have more more resources or maybe mm -hmm. i have more connections or maybe i have more knowledge or more education or if they can do it with what they have i definitely can do it and right. so i and, and i believe they'd like you anything i don't care what, mm -hmm. what it is if i want right. to do it it's not i don't want to do everything like i don't want to be a brain surgeon but if I, <laughs> right. I think if i wanted to i could mm -hmm. uh-huh <laughs> But no, I, I'm with you. And I love how you continue to share that message with young people. And I continue to do that too. So right. eliminate excuses, no excuses. 
I say mm-hmm. no excuses, just results. That's my right. philosophy on that. That's right. So the third part of the so what success formula is calculating choices. So we have to overcome those obstacles. And you've talked about how to do that and eliminating excuses. But then, and along the way, you have to make some very deliberate choices to get to where you are. How have you calculated the choices that you've made in your life to to get to where you are? I've always been a planner. I've always been very organized, but I still know that regardless of a decision you make, you won't know everything about everything. And I think that paralyzes a lot of people. They feel like I need more information, more information before I move. And one of my mentors taught me this important lesson. She said, you will never have all the information you just take the action and make the revisions as you go along. Yes, and I want to give you two examples of that. So uh, I had a second practice back in 2010. Uh, so I had one in Tennessee, one in Arkansas. And on paper, this looked like the ideal business acquisition. Uh, there was no other dentist in this town. The town was primarily African-American. I'm African-American. The, pri- the previous dentist was uh, Caucasian. So you would think I'm going into this community. I'm going to be welcomed with open arms. Well, it quote unquote failed. And I only say failed to use it in the context that some people could understand. It's not a failure to me because so many beautiful things were birthed from that experience, but it was only open for like a year and a half. And when I tell you, I did my research. I researched the community. I went into the community. I, I looked at the numbers, everything aligned. There was a primarily a Medicaid practice, which means my patients wouldn't have to pay. The state of Arkansas would be covering their expenses. So we eliminated cost as a, bar- a barrier. Transportation was provided by public transportation services. So even transportation was eliminated as a barrier. So you would think I would have gone in and flourished. Now in hindsight, I can see where there were some things that I did not calculate, uh, like the affinity that the residents have for their own city. You're going into a place that even the residents don't appreciate. What makes you think they'll appreciate you and the service you're trying to provide? So that was uh, experience number one, which could be a failure in the eyes of some. And I like how you talk about that. I like how you talk about failure because if you learn a lesson from it, it wasn't a failure. Never. And someone also told me a mistake is only when you mistake from an opportunity. If you mistake from it, then yes, you fail. But if you've learned and you've grown, then you're, 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 you're in a great position. The second was when I went to Harvard. So my practice is doing well. I, at this time, my husband and I have three sons. The baby boy was only one year old. I was still nursing him. So that's the degree of our family structure at this time. And I get this opportunity to go to Harvard. My husband gives me his blessing. Now there, it's not a program. It's not a two week, um, what do you call it? When people do like certifications. This meant I had to move to Boston from my family, leave my dental practice, find a doctor, leave my husband with our three boys. And so I'm going into it because I'm always viewing things optimistically. And sometimes that could be a pitfall because if you're too optimistic, you're not considering all the things that could go wrong, right? So I go into it and I'm thinking, I have a doctor now. So I had a doctor. If she could perform well, I can come home, win a break, work, had a a whole strategy in place. It all just came crumbling down. In fact, I'm still paying for parking. that office in Arkansas and I'm still paying for Harvard. But you know what? Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, to this day. And Harvard's been six years and parking has been about 11. But I don't care because those lessons were tuition for things that I would not have learned had I not experienced them. And the things that I have gained from them are priceless. She said those lessons were tuition. That's awesome, girl. Mm -hmm. That was good. That was good. That was good. I remember when you um, had the Harvard opportunity 
and I watched, <laughs> I was watching, you know, we don't talk all the time because I was watching Facebook and I'm like, what is she going to do? Because this is an awesome opportunity. And I, I admired how you handled that and how you still made it happen and, um, and, and made some sacrifices. Um, but you made the decision and it's been a beneficial decision for you and your family. So absolutely. Kudos to you for that. <laughs> um, doctor, Dr. Harvard, look, Harvard, doctor. <laughs> I oh think it's goodness. awesome. And I think it's amazing, but this is even just more of, I'm looking at you as a woman. I'm looking at you as a, as an African, African-American woman, just like me. And, and I know a lot of the people who will be watching this video will be other African-American women and will be other African-American little girls like we were who didn't know what was possible for them. And so mm -hmm. I'm excited to be able to, to continuously just show them your success, but again, your heart and then just the, the, the lessons that you learn and like, hey, this ain't been good and perfect all along the way. And it's still That's not good right. and perfect. That's it's right. still not, I'm still learning, it's still bumping heads. And like you said, still paying for some of the choices, but Absolutely. you're still still sitting there smiling and you're still good and still getting the lessons out of it. I think that's awesome. So with the, so what success formula, it comes down to, like I say, overcoming obstacles, eliminating excuses and calculating choices. And when you do those things, and I think you've demonstrated, I know you've demonstrated that when you do those three things, you can achieve what I call is so what success. I call it so what success. And that means success in spite of any obstacles. You talked about your obstacles and here you are successful. But how do you define success? I define success as being able to do what you enjoy. So many people wake up every single day and they feel mandated to do what they're doing, either because it's the bills that are coming in or they feel like it's the kids. I'm a dentist by trade and I, I was just blessed and fortunate to be able to I feel like I stumbled into a profession that provides very well for my family, but that still doesn't stop me from doing my other passions, like writing the children's book or being dedicated to the teens and the toddlers in my nonprofit or participating in programs that help me to continue to grow and develop as a person. So for me, people will look at me and say, oh, you're a doctor that makes you successful. And I will counter that and say, no, I'm not successful because I'm a doctor. I'm a success because I do what I enjoy. Now, yeah. does that mean I have a great day every day? No, I have days that I have to repeat. I have days I have to repent for like, I'm sorry I complain all day today. I know <laughs> I care of, you know, but it's all algebra. My good days outweigh my bad days. And if I have more positives than negatives, then I know it's a positive life. It's a positive yeah, experience. Yeah. So that's how I define success, being and able I, and to enjoy. I didn't mean to cut you out, but yeah, for sure. I, I like that. And I see it the same way because, you know, when I quit my high paying job and started speaking full time and, and, you know, it was at FedEx. And so, I'm, you know, you're in Memphis, I'm in Memphis. People, people don't quit. <laughs> people don't quit a good job at FedEx. That's like and, a good uh, government job, girl. That's like a good government job. Right. You know, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. and, and I did enjoy that. I can't say I, I definitely really enjoyed my job, but um, I made the transition to do what I felt like was my calling and my purpose. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm with you. So when you say when you are enjoying what you're doing, it's like I can stay up all day and all night because often I do. You're an entrepreneur. You know, it takes that too. Um, mm -hmm. It's because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. And, and that's like you said, why I feel successful, regardless of what the bank says. 
Mm -hmm. regardless of all of that I'm like I enjoy what I do I'm glad you said that but I'm also glad you mentioned your book so we have to say that too because I think and when when you introduced yourself we didn't include the fact that you are an author uh, Mm -hmm. and that you're a speaker talk about that just a little bit so what I realized about myself Summer is I am happiest when I'm doing three things and that is giving teaching and serving So if I'm doing those three things, I am at the epitome of my joy. And with the nonprofit that I have, I know that I'm only one person and my reach is limited. So I wanted to craft a final product that could extend beyond my personal appearance. And in that, I wrote the children's book because even in my nonprofit or community service projects that I'm doing, I'm always reading to kids, always reading to them. And I'm thinking, I need to write my story in children texts so they can see that still that resilience that overcoming in a children's book form. And so in the book, the primary character name, primary character's name is Art. All of my son's names start with Art. So it's symbolic for them. There aren't, there are now, but at first there weren't many African-American main characters, especially black males in books. So that was very important. The setting takes place at Gordon Elementary, which is in North Memphis. Um, And then even the the characters in the book are uh, people who have been very critical in my journey and in my life. And so there there are names attached. And the questions asked, like my mom and dad aren't around. Can I still become a doctor? I'm not rich. Can I still become a doctor? Those were all questions I had as a child that the mentor in the book, who's my mentor in real life, is answering and says, absolutely. Um, So the book, it's just a children's book, but people who have heard me give the symbolism to it makes it, it makes it more relevant because it's my story, but it's told through the eyes of others. It's beautiful, Christina. Um, it is a beautiful, you know, I have it. And I gave it to my granddaughter. Um, it's beautiful, everything about it. If, it's, if it was just a book about a little boy who saw doctors, it would be a beautiful story. But all those other elements that you've added in there, and I like even on LinkedIn how you're, uh, dissecting the book and you're introducing the characters. I, I love it. And I love how you pay homage to the people who have supported you, who helped you, who mentored you along the way. And, you know, even with my first book, it was similar um, in that it's not a children's book, although children read it. Um, and I'm glad that they do. Um, yeah. Where I, I talk about a lot of the people throughout my life um, and the characters who have helped me along the way and um and it, I wrote it for the same reason that you wrote yours too in that I knew I could only be in front of so many people at, at a time this was even before I thought about speaking but I was like I know I have a story that's going to help people and that's writing true. a book can get to people I will never ever meet mm-hmm. um and so I'm glad that you did that um with your book and and I see great things continue to happen for for that book and so much more um mm-hmm. so yeah you are just you know whatever I could go on and on and on about <laughs> you and the great things that you do and again it's because you have such a sweet and humble heart but you are doing some incredible life-changing things and that you and I, I think have a similar heart in that in that everything I do for people I wanted to have purpose and I wanted to have impact and I wanted to not just be something for the moment but something that really ultimately changes lives and changes what you're yeah. doing to generations that's right. Generations, generations, right. and generations to come. Um, so one last question for you okay. um, is what advice would you give to someone who wants to be successful, but they're experiencing challenges? So this may be a student, 
it may be a young professional, maybe an entrepreneur, somebody just well into their career that they maybe they want to try something new or they're just having obstacles, um, but they want to be successful. What advice would you give? So my advice is you are already successful. Everything you need to do what you have to do in this life was put in you when you were in the womb. It may not look like it. It may not feel like it, but all the seeds you need are planted within you right now. It, you know, it's, I, I think it was uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes that says an acorn doesn't look like an oak tree, right? So your circumstance right now could be messy. It could be ugly. It could seem like there is absolutely no way what you envision for yourself is going to come to pass. But I promise you that all of life's circumstances continue to pour on you, just like a flower that's, that's buried under the ground. All of those circumstances is just material. Those are gifts to you. That's, gift, that's a gift to you for you to operate in your purpose. So look at it for what it is. It's not to bury you, it's to plant you. It's so that you can blossom into that oak tree that you were destined to become. So you're already successful. You just have to walk in it. Walk you have to it. know it with all of your heart. Walk in it, walk in it. And I like how you said that too. All the things, and I was just thinking about the scripture, all mm -hmm. things work together. Yes. And all things. And then all I have things. to say that, remind myself, this too, yep, that too. Without, without <laughs> exemption, everything. That is all inclusive. <laughs> all that, inclusive. That too, yep, that too. Yep. That, <laughs> mm -hmm. that thing that had you hurting and crying, that too. Yep. It yep. all works together. And and honestly, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I wouldn't have so what if my hardest thing hadn't mm -hmm. happened in my life. And so, yes, yeah. Christina, I'm, I'm so with you. I thank you so much for your time today. Absolutely, my thank pleasure. Thank you for sharing your life and thank you for sharing your your light and Aww. your joy. It's been a it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Love you. Love you too. <laughs>